up, Chief? Sup, baby? Take me out to dinner. What do you? What do you mean? Bing bong. How we doing, brother? Good, man. I'm good. I'm just sitting here at the uh, at the farm. So. At the farm? What a fucking place, dude. Just chilling. You turkey hunting? Gun in hand? Pot in the uh, other? No, no hunting. Just fucking trying to get some firewood for my crib. Nice. What are you up to, man? Uh, I'm chilling at the beach right now, actually, technically. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, just taking a lunch break. But it's been a solid day. Um, yeah, brother. I love to hear it, man. You want to get into it? Keep it, I'm thinking like 30 minutes-ish, roughly. Let's see how. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot, not a lot good going on right now for us, so we'll just keep it uh quick, and then some some betting stuff for the boys. Maybe that'll get people back in. nothing better than free money. Uh, that is for sure. Betting um, advice, and that's the type of bets we provide. You know, here at the Dry Heat Pod, we brought in gambling expert, Mister uh, Kamish, Senor McCain, Andrew the Stud, Andrew McCain. Um, you know, just to start off this pod, dude, can you just walk us through the roller coaster that was that four game parlay where you hit every single game on Saturday and Sunday? Well, dude, it all, it all started listeners with, uh, me failing to hit hundreds, if not thousands of parlays before this, you know, I always wanted my, my own parlay hitting story. And I've never gotten one except for when I pick like all favorites. And uh, as soon as I put that in the group, me the all favorite one, Ben took him like 30 seconds to tell me it wasn't worth shit. And uh, <laughs> his return was like not that impressive. So I said, You're right. I'm going to dial it in. I, it's four games. And in the NFC and AFC, what do they call it? Divisional round. Yep. Um, those are you're pretty much guaranteed to have eight good teams. Like nobody has made it that far into the playoffs either. I mean, if they had a bye or if they'd already won a game, I feel like what you're getting is eight good quality teams where anybody can win. So that was the source of the underdog selections. Uh, Pick by pick. I thought the Titans were not nearly good enough to be, to have a bye. I mean, I, I just, what did you think about them all year? Maybe you weren't as close to the situation, but I thought they were just barely a playoff team. Well, they were definitely a wide, it was definitely like an X factor, obviously, of Derrick Henry. And yeah. to be completely honest, I think if they just would have handed the ball to Derrick Henry the entire game, they would have won. So, yeah, that's my thoughts. I think Tannehill, uh, especially for how much he gets paid, could be the worst quarterback in the league. Definitely looks like it. Yeah. Plus, it was a it was a super cold day. It was like eighteen degrees and windy, and they sacked Joe Burrow like eleven times. Nine times officially. Nine times officially. Well, I mean, what's the? But if you're getting sacked nine times, how many times are you getting hit every play? So forty yeah. times. So I thought that I I don't think Joe Burrow got nearly enough credit for the win. Because he was like 
super calm and that last drive the the whole last quarter honestly when they had to come back and um yeah and, and Tannehill just like he's on his way out you got to imagine because Derrick Henry won't last forever he's he's going to be good for a couple more years but like if they have a win now attitude I don't think they're going to do any better than this year we saw their floor their floor was week one when the Cardinals just fucking trounced them but uh I don't know I don't know what's over the Titans the other games you know cold Lambeau Aaron Rodgers has been kind of throwing a hissy fit all year and it was what like 11 degrees there and the Niners run the ball a lot anyway so I figured what the heck that was kind of a you know throw it on the wall see if it sticks and then Rams I had to ask my boy Alec Hans, what he thought about that game. He said he thinks the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl. And uh, Oh, did he yeah, now? That's straight from Alec. I don't wow. know if I should have leaked that. Maybe he'd be pissed if if people found out he picked an L.A. team to win. But uh, you and the sold Chiefs them out, game. bro. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Alec. But I'll make it up <laughs> to you with betting advice later. Um, Chiefs game. I just that's that was just a home field advantage. I mean, none of these were with the spreads. Otherwise, I probably would have taken the Bills um, with like two and a half or whatever they had. But um, Chiefs at home, they were a hot team going into the playoffs. So you know, like I can't take any credit for how that game turned out because it was a fucking circus. So just lucky it hit, man. I respect it. I love it. Yeah, dude. What did you think of that Bills Chiefs game? Was that the best game? Did you watch? Did you watch all the games for starters? And then what was your like? What were your two favorite games of the weekend? I watched all of the games, um, except for the Niners Packers game. I watched probably like half of it. We were doing something else, but um. Oh, what were you doing, bro? Me and Sophie were making out. Nice, and, uh, dude. Nice. We were picking some up on Facebook Marketplace. So, uh, missed that. But the Bills Chiefs, thank goodness I watched the whole thing, dude. I, my biggest takeaway from that game is um, that Tyreek Hill is a absolute menace. That dude is like <laughs> – when the ball is in his hands, he does this juke move where you like – scoots back uh, a yard and just to like create separation between him and everyone else and sometimes he'll end up getting tackled for a loss on the game but most of the time he makes the first person miss and then if he can get into a dead sprint he's basically gone so um kelsey's solid they have a couple other good receivers but like i didn't appreciate how how much of a weapon he was and uh, another cool thing I heard about the game was um, the Bills fans do this cool thing where, like, they, they like, troll people by donating to their charity. Have you heard about this? Yes, I have. They, like, Andy Dalton threw a pick or something and got him into the playoffs. They donated his jersey no, number, like, they, 14 bucks. Um, Andy Dalton beat the Ravens the last week of the season with, like, nothing to play for when he was on the Bengals, and they got the Bills into the playoffs. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. And his, they donated, like, 
the number of his jersey, which I think is 14, and it was like thousands of people donated $14 to their charity and like totally blew it up, which is cool. And I just read something the Chiefs fans donated $15 each to uh, Buffalo Children's Hospital for the 15 seconds that it took on that last drive to, to score. So, but, yeah, pretty fact fucking check cool. Real, I'm going to fact check you real quick. 13 seconds left, and they did $13 increments, but they've donated over 173000 to the Patricia Allen Fund at Buffalo's Oshide Children's Hospital since Sunday's playoff victory over quarterback Josh Allen. Just so like what's respect. It? So cool, dude. I saw that today, too. I was going to – I don't know if I was going to bring it up, but so I'm glad you did. Um, and just that's just like, things about sports, dude. Is very like, cool. Just from watching that game, it was probably the biggest contribution to the Children's Hospital, you know, no. by by group effort. It was just a bunch of happy football fans. Pretty cool. So. Yeah, I mean, the 13 bucks – I mean, because you think about it, like 13 bucks per person is not that much, but when you get, you know, a million, hundreds of thousands of fans, it's like, wow, that's – a lot of money, bro. And everybody yeah. on that high after winning the game, like, just yeah. <laughs> absolutely willing to spend cash. It's just, it just, like, perfect perfect crowdfunding. Um, I couldn't agree more. So, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Did you did you like the way that it ended? Yeah, obviously I like the way it ended because the Chiefs won. But, no, uh, sure, but did you, did, did you like that they just, like, drove down the field? Like, do you wish – that was like something that people were talking about as far as they wish that people were able to um, – Buffalo had a chance to score. If Buffalo had a chance to score as well, that's kind of what people were talking about. I don't know if you – do you like the fact? Well, the yeah. OT can just go down, score, game over, or do you wish that um, Buffalo had a chance? So – I'm not. I don't really like hearing everybody complain. Like, oh, if Buffalo had a chance, they would have scored. Yeah, I mean, they're probably right. But the, <laughs> the, everybody knows the rules for the NFL playoff, and uh, the only thing we can do is try to change it in the next CBA, however long that is. So, I I wish it was college rules where like every you know both teams get a start and then you. Sw- if if I think if it's after three times, if both teams continuously score, you do two point conversions. Um, that would have been sick in that game. That game probably would have been like eight overtimes. But yeah, that's not how the NFL works. So for me, I thought it was the coin flip was really exciting. It was like whoever wins this coin flip probably gonna win the game. So my team, I'd be devastated, but. Yeah, I could tell you a lot of the family members were pretty devastated. So I bet they were. It was a great <laughs> season, though, and they'll be back. I mean, they'll be back with a vengeance, I'm sure. Well, it's just crazy because it's like that's the that's the AFC. You got to get past the Chiefs at this point, and if you, the earlier you face them, you know, and that dives in perfectly to the Cardinals right here. Let's let's talk a little Cardinals. You know, the Bills have to face the Chiefs all the time. Are the Cardinals are in a division with? The NFC Championship winner and the NFC Championship runner-up in either the Rams or the 49ers, depending on how that game goes. How do you feel about that? Do you feel? Do you want to lay lay your pick down right now? Do you want to talk us through the game, dude? Well, 
are the yeah. Cardinals even gonna be good? Are they even gonna make the playoffs next year, bro? Uh, are we dead? Do you see all I, these concerns coming out, bro? I, you know, is Bidwell gonna fuck up the franchise? Is Kime lost control of the front office? So it's funny. Um, I've I've seen like four reports that have really alarmed me about the Cardinals recently. Report one is that Kime and Bidwell and Kingsbury had like a serious hashing out where they were like yelling at each other. And then report two was that this never happened. And then report <laughs> report three was that like Kingsbury's on the hot seat or whatever. It was like this triangle of the people that matter. It was like, okay, the Kingsbury's on the hot seat. And then report four is that that's not true. So like it's, it's chaos right now. I'm sure we won't draft well. Um, you know, if, if history is any indicator, we, we're not going to draft somebody that – we're not going to draft any serious talent. We're just going to find good value. That's something Com does decently well is fun, uh, the later round guys. But, uh, yeah, I'm super concerned because, like, the Niners did all this with a pretty average quarterback – and just the really sophisticated offense and really stout defense. The Rams have – I mean, I was just looking up OBJ's salary. I don't know if if you've heard about this. I think Pat McAfee talked about it. But uh, he's making, like, the veterans minimum this year, and he asked for it to be paid in Bitcoin, which is, like, halved since he made that deal. So he's ending up making like $37,000 this year. And he's producing like a $12 million player in the playoffs. So as long as people are willing to do that in L.A., you know, that's going to be tough to beat. And I just got – I got no faith in us, really, after watching us finish the season. So, no, I don't think we'll make the playoffs next year. What do you no think? No faith? No. Yeah, I'm pretty sad, dude. I mean – Give me a give me a reason why it's gonna be different. I thought you were gonna tell me, bro. I just you're more sad than Alec is right now. I didn't expect that. Yeah, I am I am sad about the Cardinals. Um Do you think that Cliff and Kime should both just be gone? I did like your poll in the group me. Um about what do you think should be gone? I think I think the poll you know, I don't, I was kind of confused. I mean, I chose, and I think you probably did too. I could be wrong. Is drafting well in the first three rounds going forward to me is like by far the most important thing, simply because you're gonna have three. You're gonna have like two years here where you need to hit on all these picks, and if you have three good rounds of dra- three years in a row of hitting your top three picks or whatever, like, your first three rounds are. I mean, that's that's a, almost, like, it's a minimum nine. And if you have, like, just a couple extra third-round picks, like, you could have a, 11 legitimate impact players, especially since most of the good, like, you look at the wide receivers and running backs that have, like, come to prominence recently. Obviously, like, Jamar Chase was the number seven overall or whatever for the Bengals. But a lot of guys are, like, second and third rounders. Like, you don't really need to be, you know, taking Jamar Chase number seven when you got DK Metcalf or Debo Samuel or Hunter Renfro in the fifth. Or you just look through these previous drafts, you can get studs, like, in the second and third round. 
So that was that was my pick. I don't know what you think you need out of a GM though. So in that poll, I voted for finding value in the late rounds because I think that's what in football that's like by far the most important thing. With how short everybody's career is, sure. If you can find someone who produces at like five times their, you know, obligation, however you do that math, like if you can find a six rounder who can produce like on average what the second rounders from that draft did. Yeah, to me, that's more important than making good second and third round picks because of the money that you save and, uh, you know, giving a giving a start to a guy in one of the later rounds usually builds a better relationship between that player and the organization where like he's like, you guys had faith in me in the late rounds. So, you know, I'll sign with you. And that that's not always true. Like, Antonio Brown is a late-round guy. Total nutcase. But <laughs> um, a lot of times it is, like, and that's kind of what Arizona sports has been good at. Just Great preaching grinders. To, preaching to Alec mainly right now while he's studying. But <laughs> I think Com, you know, if he can find value in four through seven. Do you think Com's the right guy, though? Yeah, I do, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. I think Com's the right guy because Cliff doesn't do a great job with his players. I don't think. I don't think Cliff was a great coach for Zayvon Collins to go and play for, because I'm just picturing Zayvon be like, "Hey, you know, I've I only played linebacker at Tulsa. What's it going to be like in the NFL?" And Cliff just being like, "I don't fucking know. I I only care about offense." Like, and I. You know, it takes well, Vance to play defense. Point, like Vance, Vance has the defensive side of the ball. Like he basically just plays for Vance Joseph. Great Vance point. Joseph doesn't Great think point. Zayman Collins or Zayman Simmons can play. That's yeah, well, that's that's his whole thing. Is he doesn't play rookies? Like, does he not play like, rookies, or does he just not play these guys because they freaking suck? No, it's his. It's kind of his shtick that he doesn't play rookies. But I've. I mean, even though I kind of get that from like a management perspective you know let the guy learn in practice it's not practical in the nfl when the rookie deal is four years if you're just going to sit him for one year then you're just throwing a year away of value well when you look so, at isaiah simmons to follow it up isaiah simmons and Zayvon collins's contract i don't know if you looked at that but it's like 11 and 12 million you know a year to be sitting yeah. on the bench that's a lot that's a big chunk of the salary cap exactly because they're first round guys yeah i think I would have liked to see more of Isaiah, but I don't. I mean, nothing impressed me about Zayvon. But do you? you know, but you. So you don't think that's kind of mismanagement, acknowledging the fact that hey, I have a guy who literally doesn't play linebackers if they're rookies, versus like you don't. Th- you think that's more on? You don't think that's on con, like forcing well, fans Joseph to play those guys, versus like you think it's just like it's just fine that we have first round linebackers that don't play. And that kind of did well with them anyway. So, to break that down, no, I don't think Com should have to tell Vance Joseph to play the players he drafted. I think it should be apparent on the practice field that they're that talented because they're a first-round pick. I think Zavin was a was a bad pick. Okay, you think um, he's a bust. I think Com is a pretty bad drafter but a great free agent recruiter. So, for that, I tolerate him. And I think Cliff is just 
an offensive mastermind who's a pretty bad coach at motivating his players. Like I would categorize our our collapse as bad motivation. Like we did stupid shit all year that like never got resolved. False starts, personal foul penalties, like crazy offensive play calling that didn't make sense. So I think the problem is on Cliff. I would like to give Com another shot with a coach who's more of like a uh, but so like a but, Romeo Cornell, like not gonna just like Mike Vrabel. Yeah, not not a crazy IQ, but like motivates players. So you don't think you don't think mistakes. it's you don't think it's on time that he hired Cliff and Vance. You just think that they're not doing what he wants them to do, and they're just like you know going. A total wild. They're just two total wild card coaches out there. Yeah. Well, that that's tough because I think I don't know if Com's completely accountable for hiring Cliff and Vance. I think that was a. You don't think so? No, I think if a decision that's that monumental, I, Bidwell decision where he has the final say of who's so, going to be the coach of his team. So what does Steve Kime do then, in your opinion? Like evaluates players. You know, there's so many fucking players and so many college players, and he has to decide who to sign and re-sign. But I think hiring, like, really important positions is is something he's definitely in on. And this is all me guessing, by the way. I could be totally wrong. Well, I'm just totally curious, though, because, like, I feel like you've just removed – like, from our conversation real quick, and I'm just sorry for, like, badgering you, but I'm, like, kind of surprised because, like, I feel like – three big GM job part, like three big parts of the GM job. You just said like, you don't think time even does. It's no, so I, like, what, that's my I think question. He does. As as, like if you have a GM, you don't even think he's doing like what a GM should be doing. And he's really not that good at drafting. And like, yeah, he's gotten three agents, but you could also easily argue that JJ Watt came because of D hop and the Cardinals are willing to pay more. And the D-Hop trade, yeah, that happened. That was tight. That was sick. But some Rodney of these other Hudson. things, are, is he just kind of more of a being in the right time, right situation thing versus, like, is he actually good at his job? Because even Kyler Murray, it was like, he really can't pick anyone else number one overall. So outside of that, he hasn't really been he, – he has a few things here and there, so it's, like, kind of a mixed track record, but – I mean, what does this guy do, in your opinion? Like, if he's scouting, like, do you think his scouting's good enough? Like, if you think he's just free agent signing, like, do you think his free agent signings were actually any good? Yeah, I do. I think he's pretty good with free agents. And we traditionally have had a lot of players play for, like, the veterans minimum who are pretty good. Like, uh, okay. our, safety, our safety play this year was solid. Uh, Jefferson and Thompson, Jalen Thompson, and Buda Baker. Yeah, and Jefferson too. I'm thinking about like the secondary. I would consider Marco Wilson a pretty dang good draft pick. No, uh, for sure, he definitely was. But don't you think it says something about the fact that like you're so dependent on both a guy like Robert Alford and Marco Wilson? Like when they go down, like your secondary is like dead almost. Yeah. Well, yeah, we did. Our depth got exposed later on. But just back to the calm point. Sure, sure. I, so if you 
if you break down like his three major responsibilities, in my opinion, okay. being the draft, um, scouting, you know, players in the NFL to sign in the offseason, and then part three being like managing the contracts already on the books. I think he's pretty good at two and three. And I think I think right now he definitely is closer to sucking than being average at drafting. But he could prove me wrong, you know, hopefully. And hope hopefully my theory is correct that he's actually not that bad of a drafter, that the just the coaching staff wasn't that good at motivating players this year. So if if it was me being Bidwell, I'd get rid of uh I get rid of Cliff or okay. I hire well, I don't see a way around it. I'd probably get rid of Cliff and I'd hire a coach and let him bring in, you know, his own staff. Somebody who's more like old school. Um Vic Fangio old school? No, no, I don't want to do that because I, w- I don't want to, like, put the clamps on our offense, which is like 5% of me doesn't want to fire Cliff because I think he's a pretty good offensive mind, all things considered. And I don't want to hire, like, Romeo Cornell to take us back to the 90s and, like, totally stifle us. But I want someone who's kind of like that, like, good at uh, motivating players, like Bruce Arians. Would have been perfect for this team, my opinion. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't even know who I would target to come in and coach the team. I guess Fangio's available. Um, we could get Jim Harbaugh interested, I guess, even though I think he's a tool. I'd, really? I'd take him on. Any but, thoughts uh, on Brian Dayball, that Bill's OC, or Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs OC? So I think one of those two guys is going to end up coaching the Giants. Um, I don't know who, but I spoke with a Giants fan. I was like, "Who do you guys think is going to replace Joe Judge?" And he was like, "Well, I think Chiefs OC or Bills OC." And um, the Giants' job is probably more of a draw. Really. You know? In a weird way, yeah. Then the Kyler Murray and J.J. Watt and DeAndre Hopkins? Yeah, because we've gotten rid of coaches so much frequently. But I could be wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just selling us too short. Maybe coaches are dying to come coach for the Cardinals. But Okay, well, I I don't want to, like, I don't want to have you, like, walking back here. Um, But so you're – so you want – you'd be okay with Cliff being gone. You think Kime's the guy, yeah. and what do you think? What do you think going forward for next year? Like, do you think that we're you know with some of the stuff that's going on that we're gonna have a team that's just as good? Because it looks like right now we're gonna have like a tougher schedule in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, dude, it it I think we have the talent to be just as good as anybody else in our division, which. You know, exo facto means just as good as anybody in the league. Sure, but I don't. I don't have like a major culture shift because we just played like absolute crap to finish the season all around. Like defense was uninspiring, even though they were on the field way too much because our offensive play calling was shitty. But like, 
something something's got to change like attitude wise and uh i don't know if that means bringing in a new coach or like a few veteran players or something like that but um i'm not really worried about the schedule i think we can hang with anybody except the detroit lions who are, who are 16 <laughs> and against us yeah they're the um, fucking panthers <laughs> but that's what i think what do you think like if you what needs to happen in the off season for you do you uh, fire so well I mean, what do I want versus what do I think is going to happen? I feel like they're very different things. Although, to your point, dude, I was totally shocking to me when all these, like, conflicting reports came out about the Arizona Cardinals. It's like, since when yeah, is Arizona Cardinals in the news, for one? Like, we got more media coverage in the last, like, week than at any point during our winning streak. It was bizarre. Um. And then on top of that, like conflicting reports, sus. Um, I don't know what's going on there. So clearly there was something. There's clearly something going on, um, which is probably a good thing, to be honest. I don't know the GMs seen well enough to say like, oh, this or that. And I think like the thing about Fire Cliff is like, who are you going to bring in? And as I discovered with talking to Alec last pod, is that there was only so many people that that Alec really wanted over Cliff. So. Well, Alec's the wrong person to ask because in his dream world, it's some <laughs> some guy who's never used a computer in his life and is just like going to fucking... Yeah, his, his dream coach is literally Bill Belichick with Josh McDaniels and Romeo Cornell back there. And I respect that. But, like, to me, like, you know, to me, I see, like, you know, someone like Brian Dable. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's It's tough because... I think the the problem is is I think there's a lot of better offensive minds than Cliff Kingsbury. I don't think he's good enough to hang with Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay. And if you're just gonna run it back out there, like, yeah, we need just, to do something different than the guys who are already better than us. And, I definitely agree. And I think besides like, is he a match for Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay? It's like, well, his record this year, he was three and one in the regular season. You know, three and two overall. Because we beat the 49ers twice. I don't know how that happened, to be honest. I think it was because we played them while we were hot. But I also, like, I'm concerned about Kyler Murray's development secondarily at this point. Um, With Cliff, I just don't think Cliff is the right guy as the head coach. But regardless, what do I think is going to happen? Nothing. And I think we're going to run it back. I am interested to see what we do with these contracts. I don't expect Chandler Jones or Christian Kirk to be on the team next year. Mm. I really hope we keep Ertz, Edmonds, and James Conner, and I hope we learn how to run the ball. And then I hope that we can get a guy in the late first round that is an explosive wide receiver. Like, I don't know, the guy we should have drafted in C.D. Lamb. But, mm. um, yeah. But I, would... I don't know. And so – but. Swinging this back around to this week's game, Rams-Niners, who do you think is the bigger threat, not only to the Cardinals, but in this game? The lines are set at – the lines are pretty high, in my opinion. Um, Rams plus three and a half, plus 160 money line. Wait, is uh, Rams – the Rams are not favored? Rams are Rams. favored, minus okay. three and a half. Favored gotcha. by three and a half. Uh, but they're only – they're, um, you know, minus 180. Over under is forty six. What do you what do you think about that game? 
So I think if the Niners win, it'll be the under, which is probably what I'm going to take. Okay. But uh, I think the the Rams could easily just so I can go on a rampage and, you know, they're playing at home. The Super Bowl will be at home if they win, which I think will be a huge motivating factor added on. Sure. And, uh, yeah, I don't – I think deep down, if I'm being honest with myself, I think the Rams are going to win by a lot because I think the Niners had some of their flaws covered up by the fact that the weather was absolute shit last game. They made some nice special teams plays, but, like um, – They didn't score an offensive touchdown. Yeah. That being said, it was super cold. Even the Packers only scored one offensive touchdown. So, um, well, and the Niners just beat them in the end of the right, like a couple weeks ago to get into the playoffs. That's true. And that was a game that mattered. But I think the Rams are just like absolutely rolling right now, having beaten the Bucks and Tom Brady and like their offense is clicking. Um, they might have some ball security issues with with their running backs because they never played Sony Michelle, which I find funny. And Cam Akers, you know, had two costly fumbles, so it could be a good game. I'll probably end up with Niners in the under, but that's me betting out of pride, hating Los Angeles. So no, I respect that as well. Um, I think I think here though. Uh, it's tough. I think Rams definitely win this game. I think 49ers could cover, and I would probably go the under simply because I don't think the 49ers are in the game. If like if they're getting blown out, they can't score enough, in my opinion. Um, yeah. They don't have the talent, which is just kind of funny considering the talent there. So that's that's my take. I think the Rams, 49ers to cover. Um, I'll take Rams money line, 49ers to cover, under. And then flipping that over to the Chiefs Bengals, the line seven right now for the Chiefs. Um, Bengals are plus two seventy five on the money line, and then over under fifty four. Yeah, I picked the Bengals because I'm an absolute psychopath with money burning a hole in my pocket that I'm almost surely going to give back to BetMGM within a couple of weeks. But uh, kind of like Alec. I'm a big believer and like, you can tell a lot about how good a player is by just, like, watching how he moves around. And uh, I think Joe Burrow is, like, as cool and calm as they come. He, he just fucking throws darts, can take, you know, nine sacks in a game and still make the plays at the end of the game that need to be made. So maybe the Chiefs have a hangover from a crazy win. They're certainly capable of not playing well. They didn't start off the season very well, and maybe the Bengals catch them. I think for that money line, it's, it's worth a risk. Just a little $10 some, you know, Ben, maybe you don't take Laura out to Chipotle this week. You put that $10 <laughs> into an investment. If it doesn't hit, then you just pretend like you guys went to Chipotle this week. So, yeah, I don't see how it could go wrong. I, I don't think they're going to win, but I think – with the stakes being as such, it's worth worth a flyer. I concur. I actually totally agree with that. I don't think I don't think there's really any value here betting on the Chiefs. Um, unless you take like maybe an alt spread line. 
Uh, alt I think spread. The hashtag over, alt spread. Hashtag alt spread. Shout out Ben. Um, I think the over is a lock. To be honest, over of fifty four. Uh, Where's the game though? Kansas City. Arrowhead. Arrowhead. Kansas City. Could be windy and nasty. But... Well, sure. You know, it definitely could be. But you see what Mahomes did there, right? You know, they throw up points pretty easily when they need to. And I think, you know, to your point, I think the Bengals could get totally annihilated and still score three touchdowns. Yeah. Because Jamar Chase might break off an 80-yard run, you know. Mixon might get a run. It's not like the Chiefs have, like, a stout defense. I I don't know if I, like, really expect the Bengals to win because they don't have an offensive line and the Chiefs definitely have a – well, I don't know, dude. The Titans' D-line is better than – I don't know, dude. It's tough. I, I just think Joe Burrow's that type of dude, though, that could win, and that's why I'm with you on that money line bet. Um, or even the spread for the bet. I just yeah. Um, and then but I think the over is the lock there from what I'm looking at. I think an alternating half, and this is this is deep into the bowels of gambling, but an alternating half victory would uh would be something good like. Bengals win first half. Chiefs, you know, just become the better team that they are. Take it away in the second half. Those are usually really good. They're like 700 plus 600 plus 700 type of things. And you could do both and say go like $5 on each, just assuming that the winner of the game will be somebody who wasn't leading at halftime, which happened a couple times this last weekend. So that could be worth something. And I mean, I think you got to look at anytime touchdown scorers in that type of game, and you got to look at Kelsey, you got to look at um, Jamar Chase, obviously, you got to look at Mixon, you got to look at Tyreek Hill. Yeah, pretty safe bets. Um, I don't know there. which one of those four you're gonna pick, but I think at least one of those is obviously the odds are high. So, um, yeah, man. How do you feel about Joey B, dude? Do you think he's a better first overall pick than Kyler Murray at this point? Do you think Zach, at this do you point, think the Bengals are what the Cardinals should be? I guess is a better question. Oof. Yeah, kind of. I, I think – I mean, pretty much, yes, I do. I think, I think we're, like, comparable. We kind of are rebuilding the same way when – they got went out and got a great receiver, a great young quarterback. We did the same. Um, but I don't know. It's too soon to write off Kyler. I think he he can do a lot of stuff that Joe Burrow can't. But right now, Joe Burrow just looks like he's going to be the next great quarterback in the NFL. Well, and Him. also they look – I mean, you just look at even Zach Taylor. They won four games last year, you know. And he apparently he's now better than Kyler or Kyler and Cliff. Yeah, you know, and it it didn't seem like a it doesn't seem like a fluke. Like the Cardinals' success seems more of a fluke than the Bengals at this point. Yeah, we uh, I think defensively we had more potential. Just going back to like the beginning of the year, looking at our, I thought our defense was going to be like pretty stout, and I think the Bengals' defense has always been kind of average. But, uh, yeah, dude, I again, it comes down to an attitude thing. I just think Joe Burrow is like a leader of players and Kyler Murray has a pouting tendency. So even though Kyler is immensely talented, 
Joe is just like looking like the better quarterback right now. He's a winner. Yeah, time will tell what really happens. I love that they drafted uh, his top receiver in college. Hopefully that pays off in Jacksonville for Trevor and Travis. But um, who knows if it will. I just – I like that way of like thinking, you know, draft a college teammate that you had a lot of success with because you can find value somebody pretty late in the draft and say, oh, you used to play together like, you know. Well, DeMar Chase was the number seven overall pick. Yeah, no, no, I'm not – and I'm not saying with him. But they did – like, nobody thought they were going to – I guess a lot of people thought they were going to, but it wasn't like an already foregone conclusion. It was a a mild, like, reach to pick him instead of an offensive lineman. So It for sure was. It was definitely need-based. And, I mean, as you saw, like, they definitely have a glaring need to O-line. But at the same time, like, Jamar Chase definitely makes up for it. So, it's quite the – quite the combo i would just say like what sticks out to me with the Bengals is that especially with that wide receiver combo like you said like that person would have been cd lamb for kyler murray and you know considering we picked isaiah simmons and cd lamb i i think you would could i mean maybe people would argue with me but cd lamb's definitely the better player in my opinion at this point uh just having much more of an impact for the cowboys like and to think that you could have traded back from number seven overall to like in the twenties, mm-hmm. probably get another first round pick. Talk about assets management there a little bit, maybe a first and a third. You know, um, you know, Dude, you never know what I'm... these guys are gonna shake out to be. But I, I think I like what the Bengals are doing a lot. They're like honestly one of my favorite teams at this point. Joey B's a stunt, dude. Yeah, they're fun to root for. That just brought up a good point. And then we can put the football talk to bed because it's making me pretty sad without the uh, <laughs> with how the Cardinals are. But um, I think trading first-round picks for more later-round picks is one of the fucking dopest things you can do as a GM, especially in a place like Arizona where, in my opinion, we don't need, like, one stud to come into the defense. We need, like, four studs who are going to play together for four years. And, uh, you know, it never – you don't always get value every time, but if we had, like, a bunch of second-round and third-round picks next year without a first-round pick, I wouldn't be that mad because then we could kind of go after a need, uh, you know, with a lot of of players. Are you a big need-based draft guy? Are you a big, like, let me draft, like, the players I think are the best? Yeah, I'm need over value every day day of the week. But you have to prioritize your needs. Like, um, if you have quarterback, then you still have a need. You still have a massive need at quarterback because, like, you can't win without a great quarterback, in my opinion. So, um. Well, Nick Foles, baby. That's true, but he he's only good when he's a backup. So he's like the best backup of all time. When he starts the year, he's he's awful. So I'm definitely need, and the turnover in the NFL is so quick. I don't see how you could be any other way because you can't like can't put things on the back burner. You gotta have you gotta be addressing the problems all the time. So. All right, fair enough. Also, just real quick, real real quick. Would you rather today have Hassan Reddick or Chandler Jones? Chandler Jones. Still. Okay. Cool. Yeah, because Hassan Reddick only had the one year. 
Well, he had another big year, bro. Another big, well, big year for the Panthers. Yeah, but I'm talking for us. Chandler Johns has put together a pretty nice, nice stretch, and I'll be sad to see him go. So, Chandler do you Jones. think he stays? Any chance he stays or no? No, I don't, because he had all those jaded remarks at the beginning of the season. I don't think I don't think the players like Calm at all. I saw Tyron Matthew on Twitter like reply to some fan who was like, "Yeah, that yeah. MF or asked me to take a pay cut or some." And I think Chandler Jones had a similar complaint. So I think when the time <laughs> when the time comes, they're like, "All right, I'm testing the waters," but uh, hopefully, I'm wrong. Well, like, I guess, I guess that's like just another knock against Kyle, though. So, again, I like have to ask, like, what do you think Kyle does? Because that's like the fourth thing that I feel like is definitely like a main GM priority where it's like hiring guys, getting the coaching staff, like the players they want and need. Um, Okay. Here's a relationships with the players. Like, here's a retort to that, though. Nobody gives calm enough credit for this in my opinion it's what all of us in the group me wanted um he just let patrick peterson walk which was nuts of steel he was like dude we're not re-signing you like i know you think you're worth a ton go out there and test it and calm was right dude like nobody i read an article where patrick peterson had to basically reach out to the vikings be like hey can i play for you guys like he thought he was going to be this coveted player and it, it, he wasn't. So, um, Com has a tough job of having to be practical about players with up and down wow. performances. Over and that's game. valid. But do you think he did enough to address? Like, if you're going to let Patrick Peterson go, like, I'm with you. He's just an average corner at best at this point. But it's not like we were, had an average corner at best out there at many a times. Dude, I thought at the beginning of the year our cornerback play was really good. Byron. Sure. Murphy and Alfred, I, you know, I, I'd be willing to try that recipe again next year. That Murphy, one. Wilson, Alfred, run it back. Yeah, um, that doesn't make me sad. Our linebackers kind of make me sad, but corners and safeties, uh, you know, I can live with the same group. That wouldn't wouldn't bug me too much. Okay, well, let's switch off football. We spent a lot of time on football right there. You just were blowing my mind a little bit. This is why it's always good to have fresh perspective on the pod. Thank you again, Mac, for doing this. Dude, um, well, you bring it out of me, man. It's such an honor to be here and to not have to listen to Alec for another week. It's going to be a huge, huge gift <laughs> to the league. Lightning through the CBA. Basically, okay. it's been 26 years since the last labor stoppage, which we're in right now because they locked out on December 2nd. Um. Owners want more playoff games. Players don't. Owners want more teams in the playoffs. Players don't. Um, I listened to a podcast today that the MLB is in another lawsuit that's worth billions of dollars with their insurance provider over missed like concessions and ticket sales, luxury suite sales from the 2020 season. And that's like billions of dollars missing from the negotiating table which obviously they're not gonna say like oh we're you know as soon as we wrap up that other thing we got we're gonna have a lot more to give you guys they're gonna pretend like they're not gonna get that money you know negotiate from that space and then hopefully you know get the insurance money after last thing 
is I just wanted to highlight for the good members of the league that being a commissioner is the fucking hardest thing to do. I typed in Cuse, you'll love this. I typed in on Google Rob Manfred's doing a good job. I couldn't find a single article. The first <laughs> article underneath was Rob Manfred sucks. Second article, Rob Manfred isn't doing a good job. Third article, there are a lot of articles that said Rob Manfred hates baseball, which I find to be like a weird, like subjective claim. But um, I just wrote down a quick list, if you'll indulge me, of people who hate Rob Manfred. And uh, put me at the long. top. Put me at the top. People scared of COVID hate Rob Manfred because he let stadiums get open. Um, people who hate the Astros hate Rob Manfred. Hate Rob Manfred. People who love the Astros hate Rob Manfred. People who want to see Trevor Bauer be punished hate Rob Manfred. Trevor Bauer hates Rob Manfred. People who use foreign substances to increase spin rate don't like my, Rob Manfred. People who don't use foreign substances to increase spin rate hate Rob Manfred for checking them every time they come off the mound. Joe Kelly apparently despises Rob Manfred. Um, he got suspended for more games than anybody on the Astros got suspended. And that was in a shortened season. A lot of people are pissed that Rob Manfred handed out like eight and ten game suspensions, which is kind of like the trademark benchmark, even in a 60-game year. So an eight-game suspension is worth like a 16 in another year. Um, and then the biggest category, minor league baseball players hate Rob Manfred because he basically just fucking canceled minor league baseball. All that to say, those were fucking really hard decisions. You know, I think he could have handled the Astros better. But I don't. I I just think instead of criticizing Rob Manfred, people need to do a little more. Look, like see what the union wants on their side of the discussions. See if you agree with everything on that list. See what the owners want. See if you agree with everything on that list. Rob Manfred is just a a lightning rod for attention that enables the owners to not have to come out in the spotlight and get shit on. So, um, I don't know if we'll reach a deal. I think we will. Cause when we start missing games, everybody loses. Um, and that's just how most lockouts end up working. But at this point, it's definitely a stalemate. Um, and I think two things, sorry, I've been rambling. I think, um, you can expect guys who got deals done right before the lockout to have really nice years because they have that security financially and personally of knowing where they're going to live, knowing who they're going to play for. Example would be Marcus Stroman. He knows he's a Cub. He knows he's making bank. Um, he can kind of just get ready for the season. On the other side of that, there's a shitload of free agents who have no idea where they're going to play. They can't communicate with anybody because it's against the union's rules to um, talk with management during a lockout. So, I mean, imagine you, like the Pirates sign you, and 
you got to find a place in Pittsburgh. You got to find schools for your kids if they're going to come with you. You know, you got to deal with your wife. And that, and then that could be like two days before you're scheduled to have opening day, theoretically. So, um, a lot going on, a lot of complicated stuff, but look for guys to play well who are already signed. And the D backs, we don't have anybody who's like, in limbo right now. I think our biggest free agent was Cole Calhoun. So, um, yay us. And that's all I got on that one. Let's hit the Yotes real quick. Okay, let's hit the We're ice, saddled. baby. The Coyotes are actually winning games these days, uh, despite losing 6-3 to three, basically the last two games. Uh, before that, they were on like a 4-3-2, 4 3 and 5-3-2 overall. I mean, they got to stop winning games. We're trying to yeah. get one overall pick. What's going on? Why is this team so good? Reemerges Clayton Keller. Chitron's on the trade block. What do you want to hit first? Dude, I, I love to see Clayton play well because he, he, he kind of had a down year or so, and it's awesome to see that he's still capable of being a good player. Um, I didn't know Chitron was on the trade block. Is that a yeah. serious – is that because other teams are interested in, or because we're trying to divulge assets? Um, it's it's he's not like on the trade block as much as like, hey, like what's your best offer? Let me hear it. But some of the offers have been pretty insane at the same time. I don't know if I love moving on from Chitrin, because he is probably a generational talent. He has but, some bad plays on the defensive end. Sometimes he he's an offensive defenseman, which you have to pay, like the way that that works, and I think in the way that Bill Armstrong works, is probably not his favorite commodity to have. Whereas like other teams, and especially teams trying to win this year, might value that highly more higher than Bill Armstrong does. So I think they're like low key shopping him, but. Like the Rangers and the Islanders and a few teams, like there's been some serious rumors for Chitron. So I don't know. But Keller's flipping on Keller. I mean, named NHL All Star, second time in his career. He's kind of, he's the assistant captain on the team. I mean, yeah. I, I can't say enough good about Clayton. I love the way he plays and I love the way he facilitates. He's more of a facilitator than a goal scorer right now. So. Um, even though he's still scoring goals, start uh, a lot of goals. He just facilitates offense, which is what you need when you're a small market and you got to have, you know, guys play better than how they would without another great player on the ice. If that makes any sense. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're close, but we're not there. Um, do you like the do you like the direction of the Yotes? You got faith in GM Bill Armstrong? Yeah, but I want some more muscle and I don't I mean I never played hockey but it seems to me like we've got Austin Krause is a big body and uh and that's pretty much it like other than that we're a bunch of undersized guys um and we have some below average defensemen so if we want to make like Arizona hockey if we want to replicate a culture that worked we need to get some good big defensemen, just some really scrappy players, and let Clayton and a couple other skill guys, you know, kind of carry us through. But 
Who knows? I mean, we have we have some good guys coming up. Who is that defenseman who got – he had a big debut, Moser or whatever. Jan- so, actually, like, low-key, Janice Moser was our second-round pick. I shouted him out in the group me. He's been yeah. playing really well, well for us. We have a we have a lot of big guys on this roster actually. Um, um, Who I don't besides know if you saw the fight? Did you see the fight the other day versus the Islanders? The, that no, guy, um, Liam. Oh my God, O'Neal. I want to say that's probably wrong. I'm forgetting. He's kind of an end of the bench guy. Got some. I think he's ginger though. So ginger mafia potential. Okay, let's um, keep him. Strawman. He's a big defenseman. He's paired with. Uh, well, he's kind of been all over the place, but Gostaspear here. He's been the signing of the century, dude. We got him for literally nothing and picks. And he's, like, leading the team in assists and goals as a defenseman. And we might flip him for more. So That's the shit we have to do, I guess. Well, he's a stud, dude. Gosses Beer's a stud. I mean, I hope we keep him, honestly. Um, he's got another year left on his deal. It's not really, like, a rush to get rid of him. Do you, you like the – you like Vezmelka? Yeah, Vezmelka's trying to think of the other guy that I noticed. Um, the name's not coming to me. I think we have some decent talent, but what like what's the end goal this year? Is First it, overall I, pick. So we're failing at that goal because we're winning games. It's kind of well. It's kind heart. of funny. Like Bill Armstrong might have been too good of his job because when he fleeced the Canadians for their for one of their first overall picks to send him to Vorak, I don't think he fully realized that they were going to be in competition for the first <laughs> overall pick. Yeah. So, Pretty uh, funny. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of concerned as well. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of hilarious because it's like there's no way we should be winning. A lot of times we have like two, three goals, and we have like eight, nine shots, and it's like heading into the third period. And it's like, how is this even possible? Yeah. So, that's coyote hockey, man. Fewer shots, but more goals. That's the that's the dream. Right. Um, I mean, as, yeah. like, goals are the only thing that counts at the end of the day, you know. I love having us on ESPN Plus. And, you know, you could watch, like, I have ESPN Plus. But you can watch, like, every single one of the Coyotes games if you want to. And they're fun to watch when we're competitive. Like, with the Penguins, what was it, last night? Yeah. It was almost a competitive game. It was, what, like 2-2 starting the third. Yep. So, as long as they keep giving me reasons to watch like the Suns do, then I'll be a happy fan. Well, see, that is, like, the big difference between the Coyotes and the Suns. Like, the Coyotes are going to give you a good game for most of it, and then they're going to collapse at the end. It's simply, like, they just, they're not there yet, like you said. But you got to like that the game's entertaining, like, Big yeah, hits. Did you see that fight the other day? Or no? No, I must have missed it. Oh, I'll send it to you, dude. Pretty good fight, actually. Um, But, yeah, dude, the Coyotes, I don't know, man. I kind of like what I see there. I think there's, like, a toughness culture of, like, we're going to win no matter what situation. And the fact that they're winning so much is honestly an indication of the fact that the culture is good, in my opinion. Yeah. Because they're really not good enough to be winning as many games as they are. <laughs> shout out to uh, shout out to Phil Kessel too for that streak of active games that he just accomplished. Oh, that's Keith. That's Keith Yandel, former. No, Yandel. I know Yandel had like number one, but Phil Kessel had a big one. Um, 
he's like third among active players. He's third. So yeah, at the end of the, it's gonna be interesting. Actually, that's actually a great thing to bring up. The Iron Man streak. Kessel's only twenty games or so behind Keith Yandel, who's now officially owned like the actual record. Um, Kessel. Him. And so it's just really impressive, honestly, at the end of the day. It's crazy how that happens in hockey, where it's like a pretty violent and, you know, body wearing down sport, but they have all these crazy milestone streaks. Pretty badass. Definitely. Well, yeah, exactly. It's honestly so impressive. I mean, and it's different than baseball, where like there's 162 games, like there's only like 60, 80 games. In uh, NHL, I'll have to look that up specifically. It's been a minute since I looked at the exact number of games, but I mean, it's just it takes so much longer to get to a thousand, you know. And then it's like Cal Ripken streak. I mean, baseball's tough, but I don't know, man. Oh, all right. Well, should tough. we finish it up with uh, the Suns? Sure, sure, sure. What sticks out to you, bro? Dude, I hadn't been watching a ton of games to be honest. I just oh. kind of follow the box score because I don't have a way to watch basketball without buying the league pass. You don't have Ballard but... Sports, AZ? No, I don't. I should get my parents' yeah, login info, though, and make that happen. For sure. It would be a quick fix. Um, yeah, but, dude, I, gosh, freaking love this team. Uh, Mikhail Bridges had an off night the other night I did see, but um, – I mean, it's the same shit that we've been saying. It's just it's consistent. So, I love it. And Bismarck is awesome. Now we got McGee, Bismarck, and uh, Aiton. Bismarck, you know, baby. It's awesome. I mean, well, he would have been nice to have last year, that's for sure. That he is, dude. What? So, why are you calling Bismarck average, though, bro? What's, why are you taking shots dude, at Bismarck, dude? Business, I don't... business is down, dude. He's down. He's, he's business stocks are up, bro. Stocks okay. Up. Formal apology for calling him average right Damn, now bro. is what I'm saying. I just However, can't believe you did that, bro. Like, after a huge, like, career defining night, you're like, yeah, he's average, though. Well, Damn. hey, let me explain. Let me explain. What I'm trying to say is that when you have a great team with great facilitators, people play like 30% above their ability. That's all I'm trying to say. Bismarck got picked up by the Pacers. You know, nobody would be talking about him. Well, he he didn't get picked up. He didn't like get picked up. If he played for the Thunder, you know, he wouldn't be as good. He's a byproduct of a really good system that already works. That's all I'm trying to say, which is an awesome place to be. Sure, but he's also putting up like DeAndre Ayton type numbers, though. Is he really? Yeah. Huh. I need to look into that. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, that's, well, that's why I was like, I was like, average. I mean, obviously, I would say he's not DeAndre Ayton. Like, I will say that. Like, I think there's a much difference between putting up DeAndre Aiden numbers and having the actual impact Aiden does on the floor. Um, but yeah, dude, he's a monster. Um, and he like he he actively chose to sign with the Suns. Um, like he took some time off from basketball. It's like there's like a whole story to it, but basically he took like some time off from basketball 
I'm kind of blanking on why. I don't really know the story that well. And he chose to resign. He chose to like sign with the Suns out of all the other teams. Probably more money, honestly, because as you can see, he's not like he's, he's probably a big golfer, and he just wanted to be close <laughs> to all the golf courses. In the Could you imagine a seven foot six golfer out there, dude? No, I can't. Poor guy. You have no fun. No fun. I imagine what Shaq's like golfing, actually. Great question. I have no idea. Think he tears it up? I bet you he hits. I mean, what? how far do you think he could hit a drive? If he really drive? 400? 300? If he had, like, swing mechanics, I don't know. If he sure, like, give, him, give him, like, six months to, like, figure it out. Like, six months of, like, legit golfing. How far do you think he's driving it? He could definitely hit 300 if he had clubs that fit him with all the torque that he generates. The swing is probably like doubly long as a normal person. So I mean, you just think about the whip that you could create on that golf club. All the club head speed, as they say. He'd almost hit it as far as Ben Epstein. Um, Not, dude, Grand Canyon levels? That's crazy. Yeah. No, right now he hits it about as far as Jordan Brunner. So he's got a little ways to go. <laughs> I love how you know the golf game of everybody. <laughs> I try to stay up to speed. I'm keeping a little power rankings to myself so I know where I stand. And, uh, <laughs> I respect it. Is this, is this competitive golf or is this drinking and chilling golf? Well, that is competitive golf in my book. If I'm golfing, you know, probably going to be having a couple beers. I don't ever want to get to a golf round and say, oh, this is too important to to have a Bud Light. Like, that doesn't make sense. So I love the Bud Light plug right there too. How's Bud yeah. Light doing these days? Doing well? It's on fire. Yeah, it's on fire. Michelob Ultra is uh is more popular officially. But um, wow, that was How does that make you feel? Coming. Makes me feel stoked. I love okay. Ultra. I I drink an Ultra before I drink a Bud Light, probably right now. Really. Bud Light. I respect it. I go Bud Light Platinum personally, so. Yeah, that's a super badass move. One a day to doctor away is what they told me, so. That's awesome. You Pitbull, man. No, dude, what's funny is that's literally, I I literally, like, I think I got that from you. I think you were always the one with the Platinums. I think I got them a couple times back in college. Um. Pretty good bang for the buck. It's like five and a half percent. Pretty good tasting beer. I just, I don't know. I never see myself buying them for no good reason. Might have to be my next purchase. Damn, bro. I respect it. I respect it. Um, yeah, man. Suns are good. I mean, thirty-six and nine. Not only the number one team in record, they're the net number one team offense and defense. And they've had a lot of injuries up to this point. Aiden's missed time. Obviously, Crowder, McGee, Aiden, etc. Payne are missing time right now. Um, the boys are still good. I mean, I don't know. I think realistically, trade deadline three weeks away. Probably want some more wing depth. Probably need like another another Tory Craig guy. Trade Shamay, my vote. Yeah, get him out of town. Well, I don't think he's worthless. I just think, you know, if you really want to. Make an aggressive play. That's the piece to move and grab. Get Tory Craig back, <laughs> or uh, <coughs> somebody 
somebody that caliber. Yeah, actually, I actually have um, – well, keep in mind, I mean, this team is building towards, you know, the playoffs, not the regular season number one. And really, at this point, our competition is Golden State and Utah, who they have a – you're going to need a small ball, small ball five guy like Torrey Craig, like you just said. Um, a couple other guys that stood out besides Torrey Craig, Eric Gordon – for the Houston's tearing it up. He's number yeah. two in the NBA with 45% from three. Um, maybe you need that Shemet. Maybe he's an upgrade to Shemet or even Payne, honestly. Payne's kind of been all over the place this year, bro. Saw uh, that coming. Saw the regression coming. Also, shout out to uh, and potential son, future son, OKC Thunder, 27-year-old former TCU player, Kenrich Williams. Yes. Definitely be a trade target for the Suns, in my opinion. The he gives, he's giving you 42% from three. Plus, he's like their main defender. So he gives you another like Mikhail Bridges type guy. Um, allows, I think he can play bigger too. So gives you like a small ball five. Also, just in case, kind of need that wing depth, like I just said. Um, and then another dude, Sacramento Kings, 12, 12th place right now. Are they going to blow it up? We should go get Harrison Barnes. Who can Love give it. you the scoring and the small ball five. And he's like the power forward that we wish Jalen Smith was. So those are my four. We'll see what happens. Any uh, NHL NBA bets tonight? Yeah, dude, I have a couple. Um, I'm going to start charging for my betting advice just because of the success that I've had. But I'll, I will give, I'll give away a couple of free ones. I like home dogs tonight. I like the Blazers at home against the Mavs, Pacers at home against the Hornets, who just came off a loss. Okay. And then I, I like the Raptors, underdogs, at the Bulls. So, I, Do I, you really? I went oh, in on man. all three of those, and I can't wait to tell everyone that I was right tomorrow. <laughs> uh, damn, bro. I wish I wish we weren't going to head-to-head like this. I got Bulls money line right now. I got Grizz You got time to cash line. out. <laughs> I got Babs money line. I got oh, money line, and I got Nugs money line. If you throw a parlay together, five team parlay, ten wins, one sixteen, you probably could find better. I'm going straight twenty five each because you know we're about making money these days, not losing money. Okay. So McCain talked me out of the parlay because he doesn't like parlays, but then he hits a parlay. So why are you lying to me, bro? That's just a simple four-teamer, dude. I won't go over four. You won't hit that six-team NHL like I did the other night, bro? Well, dude, you, you're you just a good hockey analysis. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't even know where to start with the six-team. Where, where do you get your picks? Do you just come up with them on the top of your head? Do you, like, you have yeah. research? Like, do you got a so, couple guys you hit up? My thought process is I always look for home dogs. And then I just go – I'll watch a team, like, for a half, and I might bet on the second half. I was Stuff like that. that. But I, I love sure. home I love home dogs, and I love uh, people ending road trips. Just kind of weird stuff like that. But I don't spend too much researching time. I mainly get on the toilet after a big cup of coffee, make nice. a $5 bet, and move on with my life. So – I respect it. I uh I do a little bit more research than that, unfortunately, probably. 
Uh, I'm not good enough to just whip it out of my <laughs> mind when I'm taking this shit. Um, a couple of things I checked out are the Hammer Down, Pat McAfee boys. They honestly give out really good picks. Um, That's cool. Yeah, dude, they do. And they have a show that you can, like, stream. So I checked on YouTube, Hammer Down. Um, and then... I got a couple guys on Twitter, but I'll keep those guys locked up uh, for a while <laughs> until I'm certain about their legitimacy. Right on. And so, but, brother, dude, I appreciate you being on the pod today, bro. Any lasting thoughts for the listeners? No, dude, I got to call my grandpa back, so I will run. But uh, it's always a pleasure being on, and thank you for keeping this thing alive, dude. I love listening to all these, so um, keep it up.